Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I'm joined by Christian Diadamo. Christian, how's it going? Hey, hey, it goes well. Awesome. I am also joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how are you? I'm doing good, Henry. Happy to be here. Happy post-Valentine's Day. <laughs> good to hear. Yes, today is February 15th, 2024. Happy belated Valentine's Day. And today we're going to talk about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. So we decided on this movie as our topic as something of a Valentine's related thing because it does have romantic elements to it. It has a lot more than that as well, but uh, they're, you know, they're, it's about relationships. So we'll get into it. We'll get into the movie and um, yeah, let's give the spoiler alert. This is a movie that's what, 14 years old now. So Probably don't need to do that, but just in case you haven't seen it, spoiler alert on Scott Pilgrim versus the World. All right, let's get right into it. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, released in 2010. Uh, let me read off the, the little IMDb description here. In a magically realistic version of Toronto, a young man must defeat his new girlfriend's seven evil exes one by one, in order to win her heart. This movie is rated PG-13, runtime one hour, 52 minutes. All right. So, yeah. You know, with the, the Valentine's theme, it might be interesting to, to talk about, like, the romance aspect of this movie. Um, but, you know, like I had mentioned... It's not it's not exactly like a romantic movie, not a, a rom-com in any way, really. Uh, so I was thinking it could pretty much do like a standard movie recap format here. And we can kind of touch upon relationship type stuff as we go along. Yeah. Um, so what do we think? Um, did we all rewatch this movie recently? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah 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 so um that might be a good starting point like were there any revelations anything that you caught this time around that you didn't previously any like different take on the movie now that you've seen it again recently um general thoughts there prefer you seems like you have a have a reaction there well I feel like I, out of the three of you, out of the three of us, um, I've seen the least. I hadn't seen it since like it first came out, like you said, in 2010. So rewatching this 14 years later, it felt like watching it for like the first time, mm-hmm. you know. And all I can really remember was like when I watched it for the first time, I didn't like it. Um, I thought I was hella confused. I was, I didn't like it mainly because of Michael Sarah. <laughs> um, 
And I just, I don't know, I kind of thought the movie was all over the place. And now I can tell you the second time watching it, uh, I still don't like Michael Sarah. <laughs> That's that opinion still hadn't hadn't changed, but um I did understand it a lot more. And it was just fun and goofy and ridiculous in the best possible way, you know. I just think a younger me at that time, let's see when how old was I? I was a sophomore in high school, so like probably like 15. I just probably didn't appreciate movies like that. <laughs> and now this time around, I'm like, okay, like this is like dope, you know? Excellent. Good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. You made some interesting points there. Like, your initial viewing, you found it to be kind of all over the place. I, I kind of get that. There's a lot in this movie. It throws a lot at you. And um, yeah, it, in a, in ways it was ahead of its time. So I could see, you know, people watching this for the first time 14 years ago being like, what is this thing I'm seeing? Right? What is happening um, is it a comedy? Is it an action movie? Is it about superheroes? Is it about video games? Like, uh, is this about like relationships? Like, what is this even? <laughs> right. Um, so I kind of get that take. And um, yeah, I think over time, you know, it, it kind of led the way for a lot of fandom type stuff. Right. So now it doesn't seem like that random and chaotic. And there's like, I don't know, like a method to its madness, right? So we, we can continue the conversation there. But uh, what about you, Christian? Any new revelations on, on this movie? Yeah, um, let's see. So I first watched this, you know, back in the day. Totally, I didn't see it in theaters. I ended up seeing it when it came to like DVD. Um, 2010 2011 is around the time that i saw it and i really really liked it at the time um i was like 18 19 around that time and of course it's it's because i was around the same age as you know pretty much all the characters and it was like oh wow this is really great this is like a movie for me and so uh i've kind of just continuously watched this movie every every so often every like few years um, so, you know, I watched it a couple days ago, once again, and I still really like it. Um, I think that, uh, it, I do get pretty nostalgic for this movie, actually. There's something that, uh, watching, especially watching it this time, where, um, the characters kind of, they feel so, like, kind of well fleshed out. That they kind of feel a bit like your friends, and it kind of reminds you of hanging out when you're with your friends at that age, you know, being in a really, really crappy band, which I was in in high school, you know, uh, <laughs> just playing in your garage, you know. And there's a lot of fun to the movie where even if you don't know a character quite like certain characters, you kind of see your friends in different characters. Um, Although how I feel, I, I will also say like how I feel about Scott has definitely changed um, 
over the years and like i think you know i didn't pick up on it as much as like the first time but you know scott really sucks <laughs> scott's a pretty shitty person you know uh, uh of course you know over the course of the movie he grows and learns and um earns the power of self-respect <laughs> yes at, at the end of the movie yeah uh but you know it, it's something that like definitely took me like a couple uh, a couple times like thinking about it to be like oh wow this, don't be like scott <laughs> really <laughs> scott's a terrible protagonist uh, of course i think that's the point of the mood or you know the point of scott pilgrim and that that's part of like what makes it, that's part of the charm of a of it um and and so but i think even so even with a terrible protagonist you can't help but just love the entire world of scott pilgrim amen amen to that um yeah so on my end yeah, my experience rewatching this, I just watched it again today. Um, yeah, this one, this one is like an all time favorite for me. I did see it in the movie theaters when it first came out in 2010 and immediately fell in love with it and became completely obsessed with all things Scott, Pil Scott Pilgrim. I went and snatched up the comics and um like sought out movies that like other movies that the the, the the actors in the movie were in and just yeah i was already a huge a huge edgar wright fan just it, like tripled my edgar wright fandom and i uh, just full tilt uh went went deep into scott pilgrim fandom and um you know over the years, I have declared this movie to be my number one all-time favorite movie. Um, so I guess the question when I was re-watching it today is, does it still hold up? You know, um, there is an aspect of this, this movie. We've kind of touched upon it. it. It sort of taps into like youth culture, right? Remind us of uh, when we were young. Uh, so... Now that I'm older, I, I, I keep thinking, oh, you know, like I'm a, I'm a dad now. And um, these days are way well behind me. Right. <laughs> um, so I was thinking, oh, maybe, you know, maybe it, I won't it won't connect uh, with me as much now as the years go on. Right. Um, so that that was kind of the main question for me. Um, but I still really enjoyed it today. I, I had a complete blast rewatching it. Um, and I think it, it does hold up. Um, yeah, maybe I don't relate with the characters as much as I did when I was younger. Um, but I think that is sort of offset by the the nostalgia factor, you know, like kind of like what you were saying, Christian. Um, it reminds me of that time. And it reminds me of when I first saw the movie and when I fell in love with it and um like i can practically like quote the movie and just like it was just uh i just i just i completely love watching this movie um so yes it does hold up 
Now, would I still give it like my number one movie of all time? Uh, I'll, let me let me save that. Let me tease that. I'll save that for for later. Yeah, we'll talk about that later specifically. Um, but for now, um, you brought up an interesting question, Christian, about like the Scott Pilgrim character, because yeah, similarly, when I first saw the movie, I thought Scott Pilgrim was super cool. I could relate to him. And he's like the hero of the story. And I'm like, let's go, go Scott, right? But now you kind of realize, okay, this guy is a, a very flawed character and he's kind of an a-hole to be honest, right? Um, and I, I, you know, I picked up on that. And so I guess, you know, maybe a good question now is how much of an a-hole is Scott Pilgrim in this movie? <laughs> how how bad a person is he really what do we think so uh, let me just start by saying like i think the way he he treats knives chow uh when he first meets ramona is pretty messed up right how he handles mm -hmm. all that right his friends are even telling him you got you should break up with knives if you're so in love with this other girl right and he just doesn't so that's probably the main thing, but it's probably not the only thing, right? So what do we think? How much of an a-hole is Scott? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, that is that definitely is the big thing with Scott. You know, he starts dating a high schooler when he when he's twenty three, and then of course doesn't break up with her when he when he starts trying to get with Ramona. Yeah, and of course, like that's kind of the biggest Scott like controversy. And of course, he's someone that kind of, you know, he kind of runs. He's 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 a pretty flaky person. Um, I think uh, Julie Powers is definitely someone that sees that in Scott and like calls him out on it. Yeah, it's like really the only one to like, I guess, yeah, you know, Wallace and uh, his sister kind of do too. But you're like, man, why does Julie hate Scott so much? But now rewatching <laughs> it, you're like, yeah, Julie's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that that seems to be the main thing like he he shouldn't have been dating knives in the first place it was like a rebound she was way too young for him and he was just kind of taking advantage of someone who was very young and naive right um so that's number one but number two he definitely should have broken up with her the moment he realized he was completely obsessed with Ramona, right? Um, and he definitely should have broken up with her when he started dating Ramona. <laughs> so, like, all the while, like, basically, Wallace was telling him to break up with knives, like, during this whole period, and he, he just didn't because he he felt uncomfortable with it. Um, and he didn't actually do it until, like, way too late. Yeah. Um, so... I don't know. It it was a dick move for sure. Um, not. I don't think it was the, like the worst thing in the world. Like the way I see it, he he was pretty young himself. We all do stupid shit when we're young. Um, so I mean, not to not to like justify the behavior, but you know, he was young. Um, he broke up with knives in person, which is like. You know, kind of cool. Like these days, people break up with each other 
through email and text and shit, right? So, I mean, he did do it in person. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I don't want to defend Scott Pilgrim that much, but I don't know. His offensive offenses didn't seem that bad to me. I don't know. Any thoughts on this, uh, Perfurio? I mean, Scott, like, yeah, he was just someone I, like you guys said, like, I didn't really care for, you know, like, there was, I think, I think, I think it was, like, after, like, the third X or something, he has, like, that one scene with, like, Ramona about, like, oh, my gosh, like, you dated this person, you dated this person, you know, and oh, yeah. kind of, like, kind of, like, yeah, like, slut-shaming Ramona, mm, you know? Yep. And, um, oh, it was right before he fought the Forfex, right? That's right, yeah, right before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, yeah, and then, um, then he was kind of, like, questioning, like, is this all worth it, you know? Like, and um and then I think like start question like Ramona, like are you gonna like dump me or whatever? And I just think like one, like he was kinda like he kinda like put himself at like a higher stool, like I'm better than you, but like you guys just both said like he cheated on nice with R- Ramona, you know, so it's like He's not any better. Yeah. And then here he is, like, kind of, like, like, yeah, like, totally, like, trashing her about, like, her past, which has nothing to do with Ramona. And I was just, like, dude, like, Scott, like, get off your fucking, like, high stool and just, like, like, if you care about this girl, then just, like, why does her past have to define her, you know? Solid point. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's that's a good call. Um, and, you know, that makes me think of a little bit over talking about the like the relationship side of the movie. And that's um, just how it handles relationships. You know, like to me. Yeah, 100 percent. Like the way he reacts to to Ramona's past is I mean, that's that it definitely like a hole type behavior, right? Like why why is he so such a jerk about all that stuff? Um, but I think it's kind of cool in that in a movie that is very surreal and bonkers and has like a lot of um uh crazy shit happening, um it, it handles relationships in a very real way, right? Because um is Scott a real dick to Ramona in this instance? Yes. Does he handle things with knives very poorly? Yes. Yes, yes, and yes, all <laughs> these things. Um, but to me, it's I mean that 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 is like real world relationships. They are not uh clean, perfect. Yeah, just like everything goes according to plan type. Things are messy. This is like for such a surreal movie, like the way it handles relationships is very real. And th- this is how it is. Like people don't behave the way they're supposed to behave, right? You're, you know, this guy who's supposed to break up with his current girlfriend completely should. Even he knows he should, and he doesn't. 
because he just he's, he's weirded out by it. He's just not he's not comfortable with it. That's real life, you know. Um, so I, I do appreciate that realism. And it kind of goes back to what we talked about before about uh, characters tend to be more relatable if they're flawed, right? If perfect characters, we can't relate to so much because it, those people don't exist in real life, right? In real life, there are people like Scott Pilgrim who don't do the right thing all the time and handle their relationships poorly. Um, so I appreciate that realism. And it's it's weird to talk about realism in, in this movie because it is so bizarre and there are a lot of surreal moments in it yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's a good point um i think especially at a lot of like comic book movies especially at the time uh 2010 where relationships were just kind of the uh the side plot the b plot um and there there really wasn't like a lot of focus if you focus on it it usually be something relevant to the plot but they would kind of get together at the end for the first time, and then that's kind of it. Whereas this one is like, you know, it, it does really like go out of its way to make the characters feel very real, and it gives them a lot. It gives them problems. It gives them baggage, and they have to like confront a lot of that throughout the story. Yeah, you know, mostly Scott, but you know, Scott and Ramona definitely feel like very real people. Even though, you know, even though they have powers and, you know, when they die, they turn into coins, you know, and respawn <laughs> at their house. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so here's a question along these lines. Um, is this a romantic movie? Is this a movie that you would re recommend putting on on Valentine's Day? You know, what do you think? It's like a, oh, it's like a date night kind of movie. Yeah. Hmm. Good question. I think okay. I think it is a romantic movie just because I mean the whole plot is around like romance, you know. But would I put it on date night? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, to me, I kind of agree. It doesn't feel like a romantic movie. Yeah, it, like the the plot is like relationship slash romance based you're fighting for your girlfriend uh, but yeah it just it doesn't feel romantic it feels like like you would think a movie where you have to fight to win the heart of your girl might have some romantic elements to it but it's kind of romantic in the way that like a video game is where you have to like you have to fight to to save Zelda or something, you know, like that doesn't feel romantic <laughs> at all. Right. So it's kind of like in that vein. Um, so, yeah, as much as I love this movie, like I don't think I would I would like pull this off the shelf to watch like as like a Valentine's uh, date night kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think I would either. I, I mean, of course, anything's possible, you know, Um but I guess what I think of this movie, because when I first watched it on DVD, it was just like, I guess, like me and my guy friends that watched it, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it almost seems like that's like that 
I guess that was kind of more of the vibe that I got from it. Was it just like it's like, oh yeah, let's all hang out. Let's watch Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah, I would. I would say. I mean, I I watch both times. I watched. I watched it by myself. But I feel like this movie is more like a like watch of your friends kind of movie. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So yeah, I think we're in agreement. It's not a terribly romantic movie, um, but uh, there's a lot of fun to be had with this one. I think. I think there's a lot of greatness in the movie. So maybe we can get into the uh, into some of the stuff we really enjoyed. Um, any thoughts off the bat here? Things you particularly liked? Yeah, um, I'll start. Um... I guess we have, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, uh, but uh, or already we've kind of gone a bit into it, but I think like kind of the, the biggest strength of Scott Pilgrim is kind of the big supporting cast of Scott Pilgrim, where, you know, even if Scott Pilgrim is heavily flawed um, and he does things in the movie that we don't really like, um, there's kind of like a bit of a, you know, a char, a bit of a, like the charm and relatability of it to to him, and I think like a lot of other people are people I've seen, um, namely like the band, uh, Stephen Stills, I always have that like musician friend. Same with uh, Kim, the who was like the big I don't care attitude, uh, as well as you know, of course, young Neil, the guy is just kind of there part of your friends group real quiet but ha- has the latent talent um and so and so i think like a lot of even though like they don't have a lot of screen time there's so many characters in this movie because yeah. you have the band you have wallace you have the the seven mm-hmm. evil exes um and i'm trying to think uh, as well oh yeah stacy of course and you of course, played by all these like now famous actors. Yep. <laughs> uh, that you can imagine a movie with a, a cast as large as Scott Pilgrim, kind of getting really like muddy. You know, you could imagine like it, it wouldn't work. But I think every every character is like hushed out enough, but like over the top enough to where each one kind of finds their own place to stand out in the movie you know everyone kind of has their moment or their scene um and it's such a hyped up version that they all kind of have have a way of like having their screen time without really competing like the way it's there's something about it that really like works with this cast is what i'm getting at Mm -hmm. yeah totally agree yeah, looking back at this movie, it's one of those movies where it's like, oh my God, look at this cast and what, and look at what they ended up doing later, right? It's almost like, um, like The Wire or Freaks and Geeks, like one of those things mm-hmm. where, like, mm-hmm. oh my God, look at this cast and then all oh, they did all this cool sh- stuff later, um, but this what they did in this pro this one project was really awesome to start with right um so there's that factor like the name dropping factor all that 
Um, but yeah, you brought up a cool point, Christian. Like, especially when I watched this when I was younger, it was like you know the people in this movie, right? It's like, oh yeah, the, there's that vegan guy who's really annoying. He always talks about how how he's so great to be vegan and everything. Or like, oh, there's that guy who's just around, like young Neil, he just, he just he just like hanging around. He's just there all the time, not really doing anything. And then this is like, this movie is is like that story. Like everyone you know in your life is in this movie somehow. You're in this movie somehow. Like which character are you, right? So um yeah, there's like a familiarity there, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the cast is amazing in this movie. Like not only, it's not just like this name dropping th thing. It's like, oh, like Captain America and Superman are in this movie. But it's like, they're legitimately great in this movie, right? Like there are so many awesome performances. And also like you were saying, Christian, like a lot of the smaller roles are really great too. Like they just have this, these great little moments to shine like Brie Larson is like obviously known as Captain Marvel now but to me she'll always be MV Adams she is so good in this movie and like she she has just like a handful of lines um but she's amazing she has this like rock star uh charisma to her and she's hilarious and she um she does this awesome musical number in the movie also um so and that's just her, right? I mean, there are so many little, great little performances, like Aubrey Plaza as Julie, and Allison Pill as Kim Pine. Um, Brandon Routh is hilarious as Todd. Uh, Chris Evans is amazing as Lucas Lee. So uh, tons of, of great little performances. What else? I mean, I, there there's tons of cool stuff in this movie uh, we can call out, I think. Um, no, here's a couple other things I'll throw out. Um, yeah, uh, this is something I thought of today, too. Um, so, again, with a movie, which is like, it almost plays like a like a dream. It's it's doesn't it's surreal, right? Um, for a movie that plays out like a dream, it's interesting how there are so many realistic aspects to it, right? So we talked about how relationships are handled but the music too the music really hits realistically also and there's a reason for that like um the 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 actors in this movie they practiced playing music a lot for this movie like michael sarah allison pill like uh all the sex bomb like they practiced a lot you know and all the music is like authentic right and it really it kind of like it, it really shines through. And uh, again, it, it's 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 just like that interesting factor of like a surreal story that has like these really grounded, realistic moments in it. And um, and just like the music alone, um, it's almost a musical in the way this movie, the music alone is 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 great. It's really it's really awesome. It's a huge um, fun factor in the movie, I think. Um, again, just just going off of that real quick, I'm, I know I'm rambling on a bit, but um, a lot of care and practice was taken in the fight training, too. So there was like music training and fight training. So I wanted to call this out because uh, the late, great Brad Allen did a fight choreography for this movie, and he's famous for being 
part of the Jackie Chan stunt team back in the day. Yeah. And he went on to choreograph many an action movie, including this movie. And one of his last movies he choreographed was Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, but yeah, legendary fight choreographer, uh, sadly died at a pretty young age. Um, but he's got, he's got like the chops, right? He's got the the track record and his, his shit really shines through. And there's like full on Kung Fu action in this movie and it's done really well. And again, they, they it, a, a, a really surreal movie, you could almost argue didn't really need to have like realistic kung fu action but it really does and um it's it's one of those movies that like you just take one component of it and it's like oh this is really cool like the music is really cool or the the romance angle is really cool um but this, yeah the action angle too just as an action movie i think it's really awesome and um a big part is like the action choreography and there's like a lot of inventive fight scenes with uh scott versus the evil exes uh so i can't say enough about the action uh, but yeah christian do you have anything to add there yeah um i guess the the action is really great i think like for me the standout fight is uh where he has to fight lucas lee's stunt yeah. doubles yeah i thought was was really well done um the fight at the beginning was also really cool where he has to fight uh matthew patel and Matthew Patel's yeah. got his singing mm -hmm. uh, ghosts. Yeah. And there's like a little like uh, like dance number in the middle there. Mm -hmm. um, and the music, the music is pretty kick-ass. Um, yeah. I think <laughs> like, you know, on a little side note, I really like Scott. The Scott has a really cool bass. I play the bass and Scott's bass is pretty rad looking and his tone is like really cool. It hits that real garage rock feel, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, just that kind of sound when you're in like you're you're around that age, you're in a rock band. Uh, it kind of feels like music I would have played, you know, I was kind of playing and interested around that time. Yeah. Um, oh, real side, uh, quick side note on the bass stuff. Like, I think it's really cool. I, I noticed this kind of for the first time today. There's that bass battle right between Scott and Todd and um, basically Todd completely kicks Scott's ass in the base battle, but it kind of makes sense, right? Because Scott is like from this rinky dink garage band, whereas Todd is from this established like rock star act, right? The clash at demon head and uh, Todd's bass playing is like a lot better than Scott's and he completely like wipes the floor. With them. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty freaking cool. But sorry, go ahead. And he's also a vegan. That's right. He's, he's <laughs> so better I mean, than you in every way. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I really enjoyed the the bit with the vegan police. Oh my god, it's classic. Afterwards, where he tricks him to to drink milk. <laughs> yep, that's so good. It's funny. Like, yeah. I guess so. Like, yeah. Like Scott also like kind of loses to Lucas Lee as well, but managed to kind of win in these like a bit underhanded ways. Yeah. Where he kind of plays up their ego a bit and like kind of manages to trick them in like a fun way. Where he gets Todd to drink the milk and he gets Lucas Lee to grind down the rail so fast he explodes. <laughs> yes. 
And um, yeah, like the whole style, uh, I would say this movie is so like top notch the way it, it kind of just goes there um, with the visuals, you know, the way you get the, the sound effects, the way when Scott plays a bass, you get like the, the, uh, the D like notes kind of coming out of it. So it's more than just like whenever a punch is thrown or when, Steven sings, you get the like the lines, like it really makes this like kind of comic book feel come alive in a way that really hasn't been like you, you see it in bits and places here and there in movies, but I don't think anything goes all in quite the same way Scott Pilgrim versus the world does. Yeah. Uh, another quick side note. Um, so this movie is a comic book adaptation. Uh, has an amazing cast, um, but it's not so much like a superhero comic adaptation. Um, it's like you know, like kind of a more of an indie slice of life comic book adaptation, right? But there's a lot of superhero DNA in this movie. Yeah, I mean, just look at the cast. Um, yes, Captain America, for Evans is in it. Superman, Brandon Routh. It, is in it captain marvel brie larson is in it and even thomas jane the punisher is in it as well oh yeah mary <laughs> yeah, elizabeth weinstead also plays a uh, huntress that's right that's in a movie right. good call good call so yeah a lot of a lot of superhero dna for sure um so i guess we could maybe shift gears a bit um are there is there anything we didn't like so much about this movie? I, I think you know, Perfurio, you kind of uh, alluded to the Michael Sarah factor. Um, but yeah, anything anything we want to call out here as as a negative? I I mean, I uh yeah, for me, I just felt like there was just kind of like a lot going on, you know. I feel like you guys kind of put that as a positive, but for me, it just felt like, you know, the graphics are cool and the storyline was out there. <laughs> I'm just going to say out yeah. there. Um, but I just felt like there was just a lot going on to kind of like be like, okay, wait, 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 wait what? <laughs> okay, so this guy has vegan, like, superpowers? Like, wait, and... There's, there's like a twins uh, access. Like, I just felt like there was just like a lot going on, and it was hard to kind of just like pinpoint it. Like, okay, where is this movie going? You know? Yeah. Because, um, you know, kind of like, I think like what you said, Henry, in the beginning, it's like, is this an action movie? Is this a comedy? Is this a romantic movie you know like yeah there's like some like like there's a love triangle between scott ramona and knives that kind of happens again like towards like the end like where knives tries to like kick ramona's ass for her cheating um with scott you know and then there's definitely some comedic elements, but then there's a lot of action going on, like Scott fighting the exes. Mm -hmm. So I just felt like a lot was going on, and I was just 
kind of like, okay, wait. What? So, so Scott's ex is like a, like a list rocket star, like rock star, like what? Like, <laughs> it was like, everything was just so random, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> a good call. I mean, there is a lot in this movie. We've been kind of saying that over and over. Um, but I remember when this movie first came out, um, like I was like, oh my God, it was the best movie ever. Um, but the main criticism that I had heard, which you know I've always disagreed with, but that I heard was that there's too much fighting, right? There's like seven evil exes and he has to defeat all of them and not a, not only did he have like seven battles but there's also these other sub battles there's like Ramona versus Roxy and then there's like Ramona versus Knives at the end and then there's Scott and Knives against Gideon and like there's so much fighting in the movie there's like Scott versus Gideon's henchmen there's Scott versus Lucas's stunt doubles so there's like a lot of fighting right so um, a lot of a lot of the critics were like, I don't know. I think a lot of movie critics were like, they're used to seeing a lot of fighting in shitty movies, right? Like bad B <laughs> action movies. So like they're seeing this movie and there's like all this fighting. They're like, I don't get it. Why is there so much fighting, right? Um, but the interesting thing to me was like, I I think for like like uh, younger generations. We're used to like a lot of fighting. Like this goes to the like the video game elements of the movie. Like we all we we grew up playing video games, right? So we're used to sitting down two hours at a time, just like for two hours just fighting, like playing Street Fighter for two hours in a row, right? I just I just had like 30 battles and that was the whole story. There was there were no, there was no like dialogue scene. There was no romance scene. It was just all fighting, right? So I think that was kind of like in our DNA. So like you know, people like us would tend to be like I didn't feel like there was that that much fighting. <laughs> like we're used to that sort of thing. But for like a traditional movie critic, it was like what what's going on, right? Um, but I will I I will still pose pose the question to the group here. Like, do you think there was too much fighting in this movie? Any any thoughts there? Hmm. Too much fighting. <laughs> uh, I I think you you did kind of give a like, kind of alluded to something here. Like, um, especially looking back on it, looking back on this movie, and like you know, of course playing video games, me playing a lot of video games being used to a lot of it. I, I do think movies nowadays, um, especially now that CGI is like much cheaper now than it was 15, 15 years ago. Like movies now seem to have a lot more action, especially mm -hmm. like Hollywood, Hollywood movies, Hollywood blockbuster yeah. movies yep. now have like, seem like they have much more action than they used to, you know? And so, like, my first thought is, I, I don't think so. Um, I think also, I think personally when I saw it back in the day, um, the movie had a lot, ha does have a lot 
and like doesn't really build up the characters too much before the action. It's just kind of like this is the evil X, this is their quirk. Go, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't really like have a much longer build up before the big fight scene like you would normally expect and say like um, a blockbuster like this. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. Piggy, I think peeking back off what you just said, Christian. I think I don't think that there's a lot of fighting, but obviously, like they're all fighting for you know, like Spot Scott's fighting his exes and everything, or he's fighting Ramona's exes. Like that's obvious, but I think like like a little bit of like build up or like backstory to, like, why they're fighting, I think makes it a little bit better. You know, like, like I want to come back to this conversation for when we talk about the TV show because I think I enjoyed that a little bit better because it does that a little bit better in that aspect, you know, like, of, like, backstory because the fighting just felt like okay, they're fighting, like, what do I care, you know? So I don't want to say, like, there's a lot of fighting going on, but it just, to me, it, it just felt like, okay, I don't I don't care, you know? Mm. That is an interesting point, because, yeah, with so many characters and just not a lot of screen time for each Evil X, yeah, you don't get a lot of, character development uh previous to their battle so then yeah there becomes kind of a why should i care about this person factor right um so i guess my counter argument to that is well number one the evil x battles are all so like inventive uh, it, they're all like really a lot of fun and really watchable like if it was like just the same kind of fight over and over and over again then yeah i could see it becoming kind of tedious but each one kind of trumps the last right it's like a whole um new experience each time which is great um, number two um i think there's a kind of a cool element which you see in a lot of like modern action movies and that's you get character development within the fight scenes themselves right so would it have been cool if we got like a full backstory on each of the seven seven evil exes pr pr prior to their fights yes um but that would have been too long of a movie right so we get what we got and that's like m the evil each evil ex mainly getting their screen time during their fight right um but yeah like i said there's there's a bit of like character development happening within each fight you, you get to know the lucas lee character as he's fighting scott right you you discover that he's like this total arrogant celebrity who's like really like just um completely obsessed with his own uh celebrity right he, he has this great line where wallace goes up to him and says i'm a big fan he says yeah, why wouldn't you be? <laughs> right? And he, he's like Chris Evans has so many amazing lines in this movie, and again, it's a pretty small role, and he's just he just uh, he steals the show, so good. Um, but yeah, I think you know, I think we touched upon a few things here that you know are notable. Like, um, it, it, yeah, at times the movie is a bit much, 
and um, it's a little bit uh, more spectacle over substance at times, perhaps. Uh, but yeah, anything else we want to call out here is maybe not so great. How about this? Uh, so this movie is 14 years old now. And there, there are a few moments in it I felt watching it today where I was like, oh, like they probably wouldn't do that if they made this movie today. Yeah. So I think <laughs> there are some problematic aspects to the movie. So some of it is just like sign of the times. Culture has changed here and there. Um, the term retard is used at one point. Um, that wouldn't fly today. Um, uh, it's like, something like what I'd probably consider microaggressions in the movie. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious to get your guys' take on this. Um, so let's see. Oh, so the first Evil X is Matthew Patel. And, you know, he's South Asian. And it's kind of cool. He like he doesn't speak with like an Indian accent or anything. Um, and yet um, in his battles, like you mentioned it, Christian, where like in the middle of the fight, he breaks out into like a musical number and it almost becomes like kind of a Bollywood scene. And he actually mm -hmm. goes into an Indian accent during the song. And um yeah, and and I don't know. There, it's that it's just kind of interesting how that was handled. Um, also, the knives Chow character is kind of like the exoticized Asian female. Um, they allude to her being like the Asian schoolgirl and that whole fetish thing. Um, so I don't know. They, the movie touches upon things that are like that would be handled differently today. I don't know. Any any general thoughts about that sort of thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I do think, yeah, there, there definitely is a bit of a, a dated factor to, to a lot of that, um, which uh, a lot of these things I think are, are kind of addressed later in Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, which we'll probably get into mm -hmm. a Good little point. later. Yeah. Um, the way, yeah, I guess the the way they handle, you know, Matthew Patel, knives, um, and, and everything, and like, I get, I guess, like, it's so, it's 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 so quick that you kind of just notice it for a second. You think, huh? But like, the movie kind of like it, it just kind of clicks into something new, like a few seconds later. Yeah. That in yeah. a way it does feel like it's like oh wait did they wait did they do that before they're on to the next thing you know yeah, yeah some I, things I, you're I, like I, oh yeah that's right they did do that now now that you mention it here it's like oh yeah I I didn't re totally forgot about that although I remember seeing it and being like oh that's that's kind of dated at the time yeah. but because the movie's so like you know it's almost like overwhelming that there's like a bit of blinking you miss it yeah 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 i feel like there was definitely a lot of those moments you know i feel like kind of like what you guys both said like knives's character was very kind of like stereotyped or like a play of words of like 
oh, like uh, Chow attack or something like that. I feel like they said that. I don't know. Um, I just also feel like this is like a movie that's like more like kind of, I wouldn't say like, I don't know, maybe I could be wrong, but uh, even though like Scott Pilgrim, Michael Sarah is like um, that awkward nerdy kid. I don't know if that's like the target audience. I feel like it's a little bit also kind of like the bro kind of jock audience because I just feel like it's just like Michael Sarah being like fighting like an ex and just being like yeah dude you go for it like get that girl you know and Ramona is just kind of like right there like stone cold like no personality you know mm -hmm. and again I think that's what the TV show does better is like actually gave her a little bit of a personality but um and even like that one scene where like Ramona and her fourth ex where she's just kind of like oh you know I kind of had like a lesbian face you know like mm -hmm. I feel like that would definitely get docked nowadays mm -hmm. you know yeah um but yeah it's just it's yeah, I just would, I would say it, I don't think you did it that well. <laughs> oh yeah, that too. The Roxy character, like that whole thing, was really ridiculous. Where, like, you know, we were talking about how Scott has to come up with inventive ways to defeat the exes. So the way he defeats Roxy is by like touching her mm -hmm. at the back of her knee because. Like, apparently, if you do that, you give her an orgasm. Like, it's just, like, completely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, that, the way that can that character was handled was, like, you just wouldn't see that these days, you know? Um, yeah. So, like, comedy is very subjective. Um, so, it's hard to say. But, like, I found, like, the comedy was so funny that... That helped too, sort of to get past some of these like potential problem moments. Yeah. So <laughs> there was one joke in there I noticed today that like they definitely wouldn't have it these days. Um, but it's like right before Scott breaks up with Knives, Knives is like inviting him to dinner. It's like, oh, um, my parents uh, want to have you over for dinner tonight. You want to come? And Scott says, oh, for Chinese food? <laughs> because, you know, she's Chinese. And, yeah. like, I don't know why. It's really funny to me because, like, they set it up because he, he like, tells his friends that she's Chinese. And, um, like, her her identity as a Chinese person is, like, kind of, like, noted throughout the movie. So that so there was a joke. Like, okay, well, are, are we eating Chinese food? <laughs> and, like, like I said, you, that joke would probably not be in there if this movie was, was made today but i think it's funny and i think most of the jokes in this movie do hit you know they it is a funny movie um so at least for me i think that helped to like get over some of these moments that do feel dated and um are a bit problematic uh so 
I guess uh, we can say that. Like, I mean, that goes for a lot of things. Like, it's harder. It, it's easier to to swallow this kind of stuff if the comedy is like genuinely funny. And I think that's generally the case here. So, um, just say that. Um, what else? Oh, hey, you know, uh, we brought up Ramona a little bit. This might be an interesting thing to talk about. But another kind of potential problem area is the Ramona character. Um, she's been described as like a stereotypical manic pixie dream girl. Um, I mean, I think that term in itself is kind of problematic these days. But um, yeah, we kind of alluded to it. Like she's, well, could be considered kind of a one-dimensional character. In the movie, she's, I don't know, maybe not that well fleshed out. Um, I don't know. Well, what do we think about the Ramona character? Could could she have been developed better in the movie, you think? Yeah, uh, I, I yeah. think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, like... She doesn't have as much to really do in the in this movie. You kind you get a bit of her backstory through the exes, but yeah, unfortunately, she does kind of fall into that manic pixie dream girl uh, trope here. Um, which I guess we'll get into more with Scott Pilgrim takes off later. Uh, where they they actually do get you know get like flesh out her story and her character much more. But yeah, unfortunately mm -hmm. here, um, it, yeah, she is a little flat. I think a, a behind the scenes story I've heard about this movie, um, was that I think that when the movie was in it, the movie was in production before the comic had finished, so they didn't have the ending, mm -hmm. and so the original ending was actually that, um, Scott and Knives were going to get back together at the end. That was the original ending and it did terribly with test audiences. Mm -hmm. uh, they really didn't like that idea of him, get, you know, Scott getting back with a high schooler. And so um, they may have wrote uh, probably originally wrote the script more with that ending in mind. Mm. And so, um, but because it didn't do so well, they, they reshot it. Um, where he gets with mm. Ramona at the end. And, you know, it's a little bit more about Ramona. So, unfortunately, mm. that may have been, you know, a, a bit of a casualty of that. But, yeah, I, I do think uh, she is a bit, I guess, just underdeveloped. She has cool outfits, I'll say that. <laughs> she has cool, her hair's cool. Her hair is definitely cool in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, wasn't there like a scene where like Scott gets mad or something for like her changing her hair color? Yeah. Well, he he freaks out when when he yeah, first, okay. first sees her with blue hair. Yeah. He kind of <laughs> loses his shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. The uh, Ramona has an awesome look. I think she is easily the most cosplayed character. Um of the movie. Yeah. I, I, to this day, I see Ramona flowers cosplays at conventions. Um, oh, really? You yeah. can notice that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 
between the hair and like the big the big mallet she has you know with a little star bag yes it's pretty uh pretty recognizable um yeah i don't know is is the ramona flowers character problematic here um yeah i mean i get what you guys are saying i think the character could have been fleshed out better um yeah like like rewatching it today i thought it was pretty cool that like she she kind of surprised scott like um when she like actually showed up to their date on time he was like sure she was going to show up late but she actually got there before him and then she actually showed up to his uh his gig right and you know scott's like oh you came you know like surprised and she's like yeah i totally came um so i, I just i just think it's it's kind of cool that she's like she seems like like a kind of a responsible person <laughs> like it kind of it in scott's mind she's like this flaky beautiful girl right um but actually she actually like shows up on time and and shows up to things that she's that she says she's going to show up for right? um and then yeah we do get backstory on her and there is a bit of an arc you know she kind of realizes like kind of how terribly she's treated um her uh boyfriends um from past experience and she kind of like learns to appreciate um being a better person at the end right so um you know i don't think it's like a a completely like one-dimensional character there there is some substance there there's a character arc um but i do get it like the character very much is like the prize in a video game <laughs> like scott is fighting all these these opponents in order to win her heart yeah she's literally like the damsel in distress in uh in the in the video game like you know princess peach or zelda you know you name it um that's ramona flowers in this movie that's that's the role she she has taken on uh, so i get it you know uh, there, there, inherently there's like uh there's some problems there yeah all right so we can move on to random thoughts and I know we're all kind of looking forward to talking about like the broader Scott Pilgrim universe, like the comics and, and the Netflix series and all that. So yeah. Any just kind of random thoughts about Scott Pilgrim in general? It seems like we do want to talk about the, the, the series some, so maybe we can start there. Um, yeah. I think maybe the, the character development that we were, we felt was kind of lacking with Ramona. We kind of got with the series and um, not only Ramona, but with like a lot of the sub characters from the movie. Right. So yeah, how do we feel about the, the series? Uh, why, don't you, why don't you start Perfuria? <laughs> I liked it a lot better. <laughs> like, yeah, I liked the series a lot better. I think like with, Kind of like what you alluded to, Henry, like with the series, there's just way more time to flush out the characters, like get backstories to like who the the exes are, 
like why Ramona was with them and then why she left. Um, and like, I think, uh, you know, kind of like that thing I told you guys that I had like a problem, but like, there's a lot going on, you know, I feel like that was able to be flushed out in the animation. Um, like, you know, just, I think we've said this so many times for like anime um, and manga is that like some material just doesn't get translated well to live action. And I feel like the Scott Pilgrim storyline, I haven't read the comics, so that's why I can't say from the comics, but like the Scott Pilgrim universe, from what my understanding, seems to work a lot better in the animation than it can in the live action. Um, just because the animation, it just feels more realistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed it more. The humor was just a lot more funnier. Um, Scott isn't so much like a dick as in the movie. And maybe it's just also because not like Michael Sarah in person. It's just his voice, you know? Was it? It's his voice, right? It is, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so maybe it's just because I don't have to see his his, his face, but um, <laughs> uh, I just had a lot more fun with the animation. It was a lot more like, okay, I could take this, you know? Nice. Uh, yeah, thoughts on the series, Christian? Yeah, I also really like the series. Um, I, yeah, I I do think I kind of agree. Like, um, Scott Pilgrim in animation, I think, does work. I think just it feels a little bit more of a nat- a little more natural. The kind of like off the wall weirdness that it has uh, works a little better in animation than I think it does in live action. I still really really like the live action movie. And like kind of the way that it approached it. And it's kind of the only like movie that really does it like that. But something about like the animation just like really just like, I don't know, it just really clicks. Um, the animation studio Science Saru Anime Studio did a really, really great job. Um, and like, I don't know, for some reason that it feels a bit more easier that someone can just pull out a giant hammer out of their backpack. <laughs> Or that, um, you know, when you just punch someone, they just turn into a bunch of coins, you know, and that's them dying. It's like, yeah. it's like, oh, that makes sense for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Why, why, like, just put Scott in your bag. Like, that's totally normal, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's stuff that you would like. <laughs> Like, it feels a bit more at home in, say, like, anime or, like, cartoons, you know? That crazy stuff just kind of happens, you know? Yeah. And you can accept it with just very just regular people, you know? Going about, like, the regular lives with no actual, like, superpowers, you know? Even though they do have, you know, superpowers in a a way. Like, they're... um. And so it, it it also feels like a, a big response to, I think, um, Scott Pilgrim and Brian Lee O'Malley wrote it and what he how he feels 
all this times later about Scott Pilgrim. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are making good points. I think the bonkers nature of the Scott Pilgrim stories are kind of more appropriate in an animated format. And I would add to that, that the original source material is an indie comic that is heavily manga inspired. Um, yes, it is an English language indie comic, but it reads very much like a manga. It, it almost feels like you're reading a manga. Um, so even more reason why like the anime series feels kind of right, you know, it feels just right in a way. Um, so yeah, definitely agree there. Good points. Um, although uh, kind of devil's advocate, um, rewatching the movie today, there's a moment that I think hits really well. And that's when like the officially uh, the, the movie officially goes off the deep end, you know, like um, so up to the point where Scott battles Matthew Patel, it, it kind of feels like you're in the real world. Right? I mean, there are some quirky elements to it, um, but it's mainly realistic. Right. But then they 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 all go um, to this battle of the bands and this fight breaks out and all of a sudden there's like demon hipster chicks and people getting disintegrated, people turning into coins. It's like, what the hell is happening? Right. And I remember when I first saw the movie and this happened, and it was like one of those, what the fuck is happening kind of moments. Right. And it just really hits perfectly because at up to that point like i'm saying it does feel like you're in kind of this like um slice of life rom-com kind of realism type movie youth culture whatever and then it's like boom like it hits you with this crazy shit and like and the movie basically like doesn't let up from that point on and because it's in a live action format that does feel fairly realistic it just hits that much harder, right? It's like, why, why is this happening? What is happening, you know? So, um, yes, the, the animated series is appropriate for the material, I think. Um, but the movie, like, I think part of the charm of it is that it goes off the deep end with all these, like, realistic elements to it, yeah. So, with that in mind, here's a question I wanted to pose to everyone with uh, going back to the movie specifically, like what is the movie exactly, right? Because, you know, you can't justify people turning into coins in real life. There's all this stuff that you cannot explain. Like in that scene, I'm telling you, like to that point, it was fairly real realistic. And then all of a sudden, like Scott does a 64 hit combo on Matthew Patel and like, um, there's there's a great reaction from Anna Kendrick, right? Stacy Pilgrim. And she's like, what? You know, like, what is happening? And she is like, uh, she's the audience at that point. Like, what the fuck is happening? Right. So that's my question. Like, what what is this movie? Like, how can you explain what happens in this movie? 
Like what, 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 what does it really mean? Do we have any like theories, hmm. any takes on that? Like, like what genre would we describe it as? Or, well, I would maybe like... on even a deeper level, like, like it clearly, this is not like, I don't know the real world or, or, or are the, um, are the surreal moments in the movie like not really happening? Are they happening in Scott's head? Is the whole movie a dream? Like, how can you explain like what I just said, like a 64 hit combo? Like that, that clearly didn't happen in real life. But what what is the movie exactly? Yeah, OK. That is a good question. I got to think about that for a second. Scott was on some crazy ass drugs. That's, what, <laughs> that's, that's the answer. This is like a fever dream or something. <laughs> well, I mean, I kind of had those thoughts today because in the movie there are there are literal dr- dream sequences, right? Where Scott dreams about Ramona and then she appears, mm-hmm. and then there's that point where he's quote unquote dead, and then he uses his like extra player is one up to come back um so there it kind of alludes to the fact that maybe he's dreaming and everything that's happening kind of happened to him in real life like yes he's in a band and he has all these girl problems and um it's all just kind of blending together in his dreams and it's just making for this wild ride um so that was kind of my 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 cop out take that it was like Scott's dream, but I, I don't know. What what do we think? Like I, I guess part of me does think this is like, you know, this is just the world and this is the the rules of the world. Mm. The universe of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, that this is just yeah. like a super stylized world rather than say um, <laughs> just like a just like one dream that uh, a re- you know Scott Pilgrim will wake up after the movie and be like, "Oh, that was a weird dream." <laughs> so like... somewhere in the multiverse, and punch someone ho- so hard they turn into coins. Basically, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like this weird amalgamation of just a lot of things growing up that you kind of think and you kind of imagine uh, yeah. of like high school. Like you kind of you know say you're. Uh, fantasy movies and like say your high school rom-coms that were uh, I think all really, you know they were kind of big in the early 2000s the 90s like you, it, it's almost like this like kind of meshing of the two that you kind of just imagine to yourself growing up and, and like kind of experiencing similar things to Scott um, the you know the girl problems hanging out with your friends um or you know so on and so forth like the people the people you see kind of being like bits and players but it's almost like this version that you would think up uh, of like a story involving all of them while you are you you yourself are in high school Mm. you know like that's why it's so stylized that's why it's so high uh like turned up to 11 is that it's almost like I guess that would kind of make it a bit of a fever dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be what I'm coming back to, but um, 
in a way it's like it, it makes you kind of feel like you're that age and, and kind of going back to your going back to uh the people you knew around the time mm. i guess is what i keep getting back at okay in a way Great. maybe the style yeah. kind of like kind of reflects that um ref reflects that yeah yeah that's a good take i like that yeah it's sort of like you know when you tell a story of what happened to you previously there's you're always going to add you know some exaggerations you can spice up the story a little bit so this is just like an extreme version of of that right it's maybe scott's extremely stylized uh recounting of his 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 life as as a young man in toronto right so i guess uh, we could go with that and um yeah the whole uh video game influence keeps coming up i think this is part of that too right like you know when we're playing video games we don't really question that you know we're we're a mustached plumber jumping around you know <laughs> stomping on mushrooms and you know like when we played super mario brothers when we were younger like we didn't really question that like i didn't ask the question like oh what is this what is really happening here because that would never happen really like i never asked that question i just just you just go with it right um so along those lines maybe that's uh how we should approach this movie too we should, don't ask <laughs> just just go with it that's just this is this is the world of scott pilgrim take it as it is um and like like so many aspects of the movie there there are uh video game influences right like like the, the the whole premise of the movie is basically a video game story um there are explicit like video game call outs young neil lists zelda and tetris as his favorite games and you know it's just the, the whole thing is chock full of video game references all, all the the battles have like little verses from fighting games and all that so um yeah, yeah that's that's a kind of a cool call out too like um we've we've been talking a lot lately about how video game adaptations are like looking be looking to be the next big thing now now isn't like 2024 but like 14 years ago um there really wasn't any of that kind of talk and the video game stuff in this movie was very refreshing and groundbreaking at the time there was really nothing like it and uh, I, I thought it was really cool how they tapped into that and uh, yeah, there there really wasn't like a movie for gamers then. So I think this movie kind of became that for for a lot of people. Yeah, like back yeah back then was the was the UE Ball era video game movie. That's when they were all the worst movie you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, any final thoughts we can start getting towards wrap up time we can talk about the comics a little bit later too i know yeah. we talked about the series we can get in the comics um let's okay, see i have a question oh, for oh yeah oh question time yeah yeah i know you had questions go ahead i have a question for i mean either one of you guys can answer but i guess for henry since i know how much you love this movie if they were to remake it, 
who would you want like Sarah or um, Scott and Ramona to be played by? Well, first off, I would not want to see a remake of the movie. Oof. Like to, to me, the movie is like so perfect that I wouldn't <laughs> want them to remake it. Like what they did with the series was like really good because uh-huh. um, it's a cool continuation of the story, but it's so different. It's an anime. It's a series on a movie and it's, um, its, own it's, it's its own thing. It's totally different. So uh-huh. Um, I, yeah, to me, the movie is kind of sacred, so I, I wouldn't want it to see. I wouldn't want to see a remake. Like even the series I was worried about because I was like, oh, man, don't fuck it up. They're, you're going to taint the movie. But as it turned out, it was really great. And like I've been saying, very different. Um, but I don't know. Gun to my head. I mean, like a, an obvious kind of answer would be like um, Timothy Chalamet or tom holland right uh, as a scott um but i don't know like that with those actors there's like obviously a lot of a lot of baggage that comes along with it and you know if if you're thinking in those terms you're you're thinking like okay you're making maybe like a shot for shot remake which like i'm saying is exactly what you don't want to do <laughs> with with this franchise right um but yeah i I mean i guess my short answer would be like okay like gun to my head okay they're they they are for sure making a scott pilgrim versus the world remake uh what's your what's your casting you know it's going to be made gun to my head (laughs) would you do i mean i guess i would say tom holland um that that might be kind of an interesting movie to see um but i guess that's my answer oh and then you asked ramona I don't know how to think about that one. <laughs> Give me some time. Where will you, Christian? I don't know. Yeah, I kind of, I do see like I when I think they first reannounce like announced Scott Pilgrim takes off. Um, they really didn't make any mention, maybe maybe little bits here and there, that it was going to be a completely different story. Mm-hmm. That would focus like on Ramona, not Scott. Um. And at the time, you know, I was like pretty psyched for it. I was like, oh, wow, we get to see this like as a show. We kind of get to get all the kind of the bits and pieces that the movie kind of, you know, didn't fill out. Like, that's how I thought it was going to be. And I remember it was like, whoa, that's this isn't what I was expecting at all. Once I kind of got into it, episode two and three happened. (laughs) And I'm like, what? And I didn't know how to feel initially about it. But I think as I like kind of finished it up, uh, I was like, wow, that was really great. That was not what I was expecting. And I really liked it. That was like very refreshing. And I think I liked mm-hmm. that much more than um, if I would have got a just shot for shot remake, but as an animated series. Um, and now I'm like, OK, I think I'm ready to kind of close the book on Scott Pilgrim um you know rev- you know continue to revisit it but i don't know if i'd want any new scott pilgrim content the movie's kind of this cult classic lightning in a bottle movie yeah that mm-hmm. they somehow managed to kind of recapture for the show um all these years later and it's like be like can they really do that again 
I do think, you know, if, if I would, if I had to, if, if I had to, I would say, let's just make a full animated show, you know, make it, make it a lot longer. Of course, I do think Scott Pilgrim takes off was a little short. So imagine like, you know, like a 12, uh, 12 to 20 episode show, uh, fully animated, say by the same studio, of course, cause they did a really good job. Um, <laughs> I don't know who, you know, of course, with the voice actor, there's a lot you could do, you know, you don't need to get a big actor for um, Scott. So I think it'd be cool to have someone kind of younger, maybe a little bit more unknown, you know, Mm -hmm. hopefully maybe capture that young up and comer vibe where everyone kind of just branches out and somehow does like big, great things shortly after this move, shortly after Mm -hmm. and somehow capture it which is my i guess my cop out for saying i have no i I don't know (laughs) i don't have an actor in mind (laughs) play scott off the top of my head Mm -hmm. well the cool thing about animation is that you know you can have the same actors do the voice work we saw that with the series right um so if if scott pilgrim lives on in animated form Potentially, you could still have all these same actors. And we keep talking about how awesome the cast is. They all came back for the series, so um, they could all potentially come back for for future work as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. That said, um, just real quick, uh, just because she was really good in another Edgar Wright movie, Thomasin McKenzie, uh, she was a star of Last Night in Soho. Um, She might be a kind of a cool uh, Ramona Flowers if they did do a remake, which again, I, I must adamantly say I'm opposed to. <laughs> actually, that's my that's, pick. Yeah, that could be a good pick, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah she's good. She's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other questions, Preferio? I feel like I had so many, but I can't think of them <laughs> at, at the moment. I have to ask you, like, after we finish recording the podcast or something. Okay. <laughs> well, if they uh, pop in your head, feel free to shoot them out. Uh, but for now, how about we give ratings for the movie Scott Pilgrim versus the World on a scale of one to five? What would you rate it? And here's where I will uh, reveal. My answer, I know everyone's eagerly anticipating, is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh, does it remain my number one movie of all time? So uh, uh, I did thoroughly enjoy watching it again today. It does hold up. It is still a five out of five for me. A near perfect movie. Um, yeah, there there were things I noticed today that i didn't notice before so yeah I, there's a, there's a lot of uh rewatchability here the the movie is so chock full of stuff that um there's always stuff that i uh i pick up on subsequent viewings and it is interesting to to revisit this movie over time because yeah you know things in the culture change and um you pick up on stuff that's a little different um so there's there's kind of an evolution thing going on too um so uh still very watchable um 
That said, I don't know if I will say definitively this is my favorite movie of all time anymore. Um, I did say that before. Um, but yeah, I don't think I'll say that at this point. Uh, it's kind of a cop-out, but I will say that it is at least tied for number one greatest of all time. How about how about we say that? And then, of course, that begs the question, like, what other movies would I, I like tie it with, right? Um, so... Winter Soldier. It's Winter Soldier, right? That is correct. Perfurio, Captain yeah. America, the Winter Soldier, and... Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. So I think the, these three movies I would currently rank as a tie for my favorite of all times. Yeah. Uh, so we'll leave it at that. Um, okay. How about you, Perferio? What would you rate Scott Pilgrim versus the world? This might start a whole uh, other conversation, but no, but uh, go ahead, go ahead. Um... Yeah, okay, yeah. I would probably just say, like, I'm sorry, Henry, like, it's straight up, like, two. I think, you know, it was, it was, it was a fun movie, you know? Like, I definitely think Scott Pilgrim was ahead of its time. Um, the effects were cool, but, uh, you know, I just like I said, I just thought that a lot was going on and um I just don't think that it was just it may have been maybe a little too weird out there for my taste, you know, for mm -hmm. this storyline, which is why I think it works better in animation. But um Yes, yeah, that it's for me it was just, it was kind of like a two fair enough um yeah you made a comment earlier that resonated with me a bit and that said and that's when you said um you just didn't really like michael sarah in the movie and like in my mind like if if that's a thing for you then yeah like i get it because especially with the movie like with the series the series shifts away from the Scott Pilgrim character a bit and it becomes more of a true like ensemble kind of story. Um, the movie really is like centrally Scott Pilgrim. And if you like aren't a fan of Michael Sarah, or if he just bothers you or you're annoyed by him, like I get it. Like it doesn't matter how great everything else is. Like you're not really going to, enjoy the movie so much yeah um i, I get that like yeah you, you think about it like the movie it, it really does revolve around scott pilgrim and michael Sarah's performance so um as much I, as like i'm annoyed by like a two rating like i i, I kind of get that take from that perspective I, I just think also like it's not also again like michael Sarah, but just seeing like scott's like character like and like how we were talking about earlier about like how he was just like he's just like a douche, you know, because like the animated one, you know, it's voiced by Michael Sarah, but I just feel like it was more written better, you know, like mm -hmm. I don't know, like the humor was a little bit better. He didn't seem so much like a dick. Like he was just kind of like 
like okay like uh like i'm here and i want to win the heart of ramona and everything um i just think like he was somehow written better in the anime than the the live action and i think because the live action like centered so much around like scott pilgrim and how much of a dick he is i think that's why i was just kind of like turned off by it you know Got it, got it. All yeah. right. Very what about tough. you, Christian? Um, yeah. Uh let's see. So I do really, really like this movie. Um I wouldn't say it's a personal favorite movie of mine, but I think in terms of my like comic book movie favorites, you know, um actually, you know, I probably would say it's it's uh overall you know I think a personal favorite. I've seen it many times. Like I said, it does uh, watching it does conjure up a lot of feelings of nostalgia being that age in that period of time. Uh, I, um, and so I think I do like, especially right now, just, you know, I do have a lot of feelings kind of wrapped up in the movie. Um, of course, you know, as we did mention, it is dated. I do think Ramona is a bit, you know, it, a bit underdeveloped in this movie. Um, but I also think now with Scott Pilgrim takes off in a way it works as like a companion piece, like a sequel to this one that kind of fills in a lot of the gaps of the first movie while expanding on it, you know, expanding on it and mm. kind of taking, taking the narrative in new places. Um, so like, I do think there are, a lot of problems, but I kind of I do, and I, you know, I do, I do agree with Perfirid. I could see 100% where you're coming from. Or if you don't care for Michael Sarah and you don't care for Scott, the character, then I could see how this movie can, you know, just, just probably doesn't work. Um, but, you know, I think I do really, really like this movie. I'll probably go with a five as well. Uh, I'll be with you, Henry, on that one. Um, one of the like I said, one of the great cult classics. Indeed, good call. Um, yeah, I think we touched upon it earlier, but um, yeah, one kind of final thing I want to say about the movie is that it really is the ultimate fandom movie. Yeah, like we're we're so wrapped up into fandom these days. And um, like this movie just touches touches upon so many different fandoms, right? And it really is kind of a blueprint for a lot of future stuff and like how um, a lot of movies and shows these days are like a love letter to this, a love letter to that, right? And this movie in a way really kind of kicked off a lot of that stuff, right? Um, this movie is a love letter to video games and and so many other things right um so in our fandom world uh i i think um this movie uh among a lot of other things should be recognized as like a big fandom moment yeah i guess we could say that okay so like we often do let's give a comics recommendation this is going to be easy because Scott Pilgrim versus the world. The movie was indeed based on a comic book series. 
named Scott Pilgrim, a six-volume series. Uh, I've read it. I know Perfurio, you haven't read it yet. Highly recommend it to you. Uh, Christian, have you read the Scott Pilgrim series? Um, I've read some of it. Um, okay. but not all. I haven't finished it. I I, I started, but um, yeah, I I have really liked what I've read so far of Scott Pilgrim. Excellent. Um, yeah, I can give kind of a brief little rundown, but yeah, just kind of your initial take from what you've read so far. What are your thoughts? Um, I like that I move. It does move a bit slower than the movie. Um, of course. You know, because the movie condenses all six volumes down. Um, and it kind of, you know, you get a little bit more the interpersonal relationships. You kind of get more of that rather than just, um, I guess, focusing on the evil exes uh, a bit. Like, as far as I've gotten, as far as I've gotten, they haven't gotten too far into it uh, just yet. But I like it, and of course, um, the style does feel. I think uh, I forget if Brian Lee O'Malley also uh, drew it. He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He did, so yeah. that is cool to see when you have an artist and a writer, uh, you know, essentially being the same person. Yeah. And so it is cool to see his full vision, like you know, as we were talking, about, it's very influenced by manga. That's how manga is written. So it's cool to see that here. Yeah, right on. That's a good call out that Brian Lee O'Malley not only wrote, but he illustrated the Scott Pilgrim comics. And that's always cool, you know, and that happens kind of less often than you'd think. Right. Um, it's sort of like like a writer director, right? They're doing it all in a way. Um but with comics, like it's just so time consuming to do both. It becomes like less common, right? Um, so when it does happen and it really works, it's that much more special. So um, yeah, this really is O'Malley's vision. And um, yeah, he was really involved in the movie. He was really involved in the series. Um, so his DNA is in all of this. And I think that really helps in making all of this so great. You know, I do think the comics are great. I do think the movie's great. I do think the series is great. Um, and it is cool that um, Brian Lee O'Malley is really involved in, in all of it. Yeah. Um, let's see what else to say about the comics. Um, you know, I haven't run, I haven't read a ton of indie comics. Like my, Comics reading is like almost entirely Marvel. Um, but, you know, I've dabbled in some indies and uh, I will say that the Scott Pilgrim comics are among my favorite indie comics of all time. I, I really like them. I really like the original black and white versions. I really like the more recent colorized versions. Um, really great. The movie is very faithful to the comics, which is always cool to see. Um, really, there are just some fairly minor changes between the two. Um, I guess the most notable one is the uh, the Katayanagi twins. In the movie, the twins are uh, musicians, right? There's literally a battle of the bands between them 
and Sex Bobom. But in the comics, they're they're not musicians at all. They're like robotics experts. So when Scott battles them, it's like Scott versus their robot creations. It's not like a, a, a battle of the bands. So that part is actually very different. Beyond that, there's not a whole lot of difference. You know, like you were saying, Christian, uh, the comics, you know, it's it's longer form storytelling. So that is like a a big difference too, obviously. Um, and yeah, you kind of get to see more of these characters. Yeah, if a complaint about the movie is, oh, I didn't, I didn't really get to know the characters. I didn't really care about them that much. Well, check out the comics. You know, that, that's a good way to sort of get more well acquainted with them. Um, I think notably, there's some backstory in the comics too. There's a character called Lisa Miller. Uh, who's pretty significant in the comics and she's um all but erased from the movie there's actually like an easter egg where they mention her it's like a blink and you miss it sort of thing but she is name dropped in the movie doesn't appear in the movie um, but she's kind of a key character in in the comics um so I, actually i was sort of looking forward to maybe her becoming like a key character in the series, but that didn't really happen either. So I kind of wonder if Brian Lee O'Malley was like, oh, let's just, let's just get rid of this. Character. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But um, that's, that's notable. And like I said, the movie's so faith, faithful that there aren't a lot of differences. Like those are the, the only the, the two main things I would mention. I know there are like, like um, internet write-ups about every little tiny difference you can look those up but yeah i think they're primarily uh fairly fairly minor um yeah highly recommend um cool little easter egg i wanted to call out um so i mentioned the comics are uh like heavily manga inspired so uh apparently brian lee o'malley was uh heavily influenced by the great manga creator Osamu Tezuka who's like you know he's a legend he created Astro Boy and tons of other awesome shit um in the Scott Pilgrim versus the World movie uh Scott Pilgrim at one point is wearing an Astro Boy t-shirt so kind of a cool <laughs> little easter egg there um but yeah the the whole manga influence is is very very apparent you know the 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 comic series is technically a north american english language indie comic not a manga but if it, it does feel like a manga you're reading it it does does have uh manga vibes for sure and yeah obviously it was influenced by manga and it's cool to see like that dna all throughout um all this stuff right the comics uh the movie certainly uh, the series, right, which is literally an anime. Uh, so high recommendation for the Scott Pilgrim comics. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry, Christian, and Perferio. <laughs>